Okay, good. Good. Awesome. <laughs> so we have sound. There you go. And video, I'm hoping. So <laughs> did we actually get this working? This is a first. I think I think this this might be a first. So you can see me and hear me, right? That's that's what's going on. <laughs> I think. I think I think. Okay, cool. So anyway. Thanks for joining. Uh, did the live stream a little different, trying different software. Uh, been working out the bugs on it for a number of weeks. And finally, it looks like we got it working. So sorry about the uh, first couple minutes there um, with, <laughs> with me trying to figure out technical difficulties. But I think we've got it. Good, good, good. Now, this is a little different interface than I'm used to, um, but I'll get used to it. So forgive me if it's just a little, little different, a little rougher than usual. <laughs> like that's hard to do um, <laughs> this time around. But anyway, hello, James, and hello, Wichita. Glad you're here. Um, kind of thought we'd get more people here from the get-go with it being um, an announced scheduled event, but it doesn't look like that's the case. So we'll, we'll truck along with who we got. That's, that's fine. Glad you guys are here. Um, okay. So anyway, um, as people pile in, I, I want to kind of give a report on how the week went. So last week I shipped out just hundreds of fish, tons of fish. And I'm happy to report that out of all those hundreds that I shipped, we only lost one. It was a rice fish. Joy, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened, but one rice fish. Um, and I shipped a lot of rice fish, but one of them didn't make it. So I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes despite all the preparation and crimping the corners and all that, even despite that, sometimes if a bag gets flaccid, um, a fish can get caught in the corner. And uh, that might have happened. I take precautions against that. But usually if there's a big group sent and only one dies, I mean, there's there's some reason for it. So that's my guess, but I don't really know. This week was a little tougher. Hey, Punchy, welcome. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, I, I'm actually having a little bit of trouble. Um, oh, thanks, Punchy. Punchy says, hey, fishy internet people, you pack so well, I'm surprised you ever lose any fish shipping. Yeah, occasionally. The percentage is pretty good. There's one species, though, that I'm having trouble this, so, with. So this week, I shipped out a ton of fish again. And they all arrived safe except for one order of flagfish. And it had a bunch of gobies in it. All the gobies were just fine. But out of the 12 flagfish I shipped, um, eight didn't make it. Sorry, Mike. I'm real sorry. And I packed them really well and stuff. And I'm not sure what's happening. Um, flagfish are super hardy, so I shouldn't have this problem. So I'm kind of throwing it out there to see if anyone in this community has experience shipping flagfish and can tell me if they have any special needs. My experience with flagfish is they're tough as nails, they're super hardy, and they're easy to ship. But this week I sent out that order and I lost some. And then a few weeks ago, I sent someone six and they didn't make it. Um, my feeling of the ones that I shipped out a few weeks ago, this was a Florida order and he said that the, it seemed like the box was kind of warm when it got to him. So we think that 
the Postal Service set the box in the sun for some period of time um, while it was being packed or moved around or whatever, and they might have overheated. That's our best guess there. But I'm starting to wonder because a couple weeks ago, I lost some flagfish. This week, I lost some flagfish. And this hasn't happened before. So I'm wondering if someone knows um, any special techniques for shipping them. I mean, I can't imagine they're a tough fish. Um, so the, the other guess I have is my water here is soft and it's coming in pretty acidic. I tested it yesterday and it was 6.5 pH. And flagfish come from Florida where the water's super hard. And um, so I'm just wondering if going into a bag that's at 6.5 and then going through shipping, maybe the pH drops even more and maybe that's stressing them out. But again, they're tough as nails. And none of the live bears I've been shipping, which also like hard alkaline water, are having any problems. So I don't know what it is. Um, if anybody has any tips for shipping flagfish for some weird reason, um, I'm having a little trouble with them. They're the only ones I'm having trouble with. Every other fish is doing great um, in general. And it might just be coincidence. So if I ship out any more and I still have a problem, then I'm probably going to uh, stop shipping them. I've got a friend that's got a big pond in his greenhouse, and maybe they'll go there just because I don't want to ship them if, if I continually have that problem. But I'm, I'm hopeful someone has a hint or maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm kind of stumped. So that's what's going on. But the good news is out of like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fish sent out the last two weeks, total losses were nine. So it's a very small percentage of, of the many hundred that were sent. So I'm happy with that, but I'm sorry, Joy, and I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, I won't say your last names because your privacy, but I'm sorry if you're watching. Um, I'll make it up to you, I promise. Anyway, that's, that's what's going on shipping-wise. Hey, everybody. Um, okay. So I'm going to scroll down and look for some comments. Dank is here. Uh-oh, it's going to get weird. <laughs> Everyone's saying hi to everyone. Michael's here. Glad you're here. 54, Hangar. Welcome, welcome. Water Wizard. Hey, I think this is the second time, Water Wizard, that you've been in the stream, right? Um, welcome back. Hi, Dan. Why you can't ship international? Well, Oh, that's where I recognize you from. Your comment on the um, fish tour video. Yeah, okay. So um, from the Netherlands, right? Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I could. The issue, Water Wizard, is that I'm a small operation and just the, the amount of work and focus it would take to get that all set up and the fees I would have to pay and all that um, make it so it's not something that I can take on right now and still cover everything else I'm trying to do. It's really just a time thing. Um, and it gets tricky shipping fish internationally. I do have an import license. I could get an export license. So it's something I could do. I'm just not set up to do it. It's not the focus that I have right now. And it would take a lot to do it. Um, one day I hope to do that. Um, you know, one day I would love to have a massive fish warehouse and, and the reason I want to would maybe want to do that. I'm not sure I want to do that, but it's 
No, I am. I've had a dream forever for doing that. And here's how it is. It's like, there's a section of it that's 65 degrees to 68 degrees. There's a section that's uh, 70 to 75. There's a section that's, um, say, 75 to 80. And then a section that's like 86 degrees. So I can keep all different kinds of fish that like different temperatures. Um, anyway, I've got a whole dream about it. But if I ever did that and got large enough, then I would look into getting an export license and sending fish. Um, but right now I'm just not set up. I'm, I'm just too small to take that on and do everything else that I have to do. So I'm sorry, water wizard. I wish I could, I wish I could send to the Netherlands, but I, I'm not set up right now. Um, bare bottom aquariums, where are you at? Fish came in great. One loach was vertical breathing from the top. Oh no. And one red rainbow, red rainbow looks like it might've sucked up, have a sucked up belly all going through meds, ick, general cure, etc. All right. Bare bottom, let me know how they do. Um, the rainbows probably just, so I, I don't feed them for two or three days before I ship them. And when I inspected them in the bag, they all looked like they were fine. But if it's something where he just is perpetually like that, let me know. But the eerie and red rainbows, they, after they don't feed for a couple days, they do look pretty thin. Uh, they're high energy fish. So going without food for, you know, the fasting period and then the shipping period, they can definitely sink in a little bit. But let me know if, if that fish continues to have a problem and I'll take care of you. But anyway, glad, glad everyone else made it. And let me know if that loach has more trouble too. Um, or if he settles down once he gets to the tank. Hangar. Hey, Punchy. HC Aqua. Hello, everyone. So people saying hi. 54 Punchy. I just had my pH drop like a rock coming out of the tap. It normally is 7.8. Last week it dropped to 6.5. Today it was back up again. So it might be your water. Is that time of year with snow melt? Yeah, it could be snow melt. It could be the local municipality um, doing an acid wash to clear out, you know, build mineral deposits that build up in the water system to just clean it all out. Um, could be anything like that. Not quite sure, but my water is typically, it's so soft that it's often, um, it's no surprise to me that it's 6.5 or so. That's, you know, to be slightly under seven is fairly normal. 6.5 is a little more acidic than usual, but not a whole lot just because it's so soft. Yeah. Rebel Reefer, Reefer. Rebel Reefer. <laughs> Rebel Reefer. Hey, Dan, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the first ever semi-successful pre-scheduled live stream. <laughs> yeah. Um, somewhat successful because it took me a little while at the beginning. I didn't realize there was no audio, but now it's working. Vstag, hey, welcome. HC Aqua. I wanted to order some Ryan Nagobius, but was already sold out. So HC and everyone else, today I went through every tank and moved around the decorations. <laughs> decorations, they're pretty bare. The mops and the pipes and the stuff and the filters and counted every fish. And I do have a few more of those gobies. I did list them on the website. There are 14 more available and that's like, that's it. Um, so I run, went around and, and there's now a, is accurate account of inventories I can make it on the website. So some things that were sold out, there's a few more left. Peacock gudgeons, I found five more. Actually, I found six more, but one's a female. 
that might be egg bound. I'm not sure, but I didn't list her. Um, I'm, I'm trying to give her a salt bath and see if that clears things out. I'll do a video about that so you guys can see how that works. But anyway, there's there are some um, white cheek gobies, the Rhinogobius uh, duophosphorus used to be wooey. Wooey's much more fun <laughs> to say. Um, available now, so if you if you truly want them, um, they're there. Yeah. Um, all right, fifty four punchy. I didn't lose any fish doing water changes, but I had some beautiful crips totally melt to mush within two hours of water change. Ooh, man, that is no fun. Yeah, it's like once or twice a year, the water municipalities like flush the system. And if they don't give you a heads up, or if you don't see the heads up, sometimes they just post it in, I don't know, on the, on a website or something that no one checks, <laughs> then yeah, it can, it can totally do that. I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's no good. I'm glad the fish made it though. Rebel Reefer, glad I was able to catch your stream. We're glad you're here too. Thanks for coming. How many are here? I can't, usually it tells me at the top, but with this new scheduled view, it's not telling me. So I don't have any idea. Well, I'm not going to take the time for look at it to look for it now. That would be boring for you guys. Um, okay, just the chat just skipped on me. Hang on. Okay. Okay, found it. Lumpy Dog is in the house. Well, Lumpy Dog, welcome to the house. Water Wizard would love some fish you have. How to already summon my card on your website. One day, perhaps, Water Wizard, but if it happens, it's not going to be anytime soon. Sorry. And you're welcome. Yeah. Um, hey, welcome, Rich Andy. <laughs> we have Rich Andy and poor Peter Thiel. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> 54 Punchy. I'm thinking about picking up some of your Ember Tetras, thinking of basically using them as dither fish in a tank with the drape fin barbs. That would probably work. The drape fins aren't super fast swimmers. They don't have big mouths. I don't think that they would eat the Ember Tetras. So that might work just fine. And by the way, I shipped out seven orders of 12. So seven times 12 to a customer um, this week and 24 to another customer. And of all those I sent, everyone made it alive. So the Embers are shipping just fine. And I've got, um, I think 60 left. On the website, I can't remember, but I do have some left if you want to do that. They're an awesome one. Um, they're one that I wouldn't mind if I didn't sell out on. I mean, if I do, great, but they'll be a fine as a dither fish for some of those little lamp eyes and stuff. So I'm not desperate to sell out the Ember Tetras, but almost everything else I need to sell out. By the way, if you're if you're just joining us and you're not aware, I'm going to plug just for a second, forgive me, but... There's a massive sale going on right now at dancefish.com. It's a clearance sale. I'm trying to clear out all my tanks. And the reason is, is I have a large shipment that is um, getting prepared for me in Nigeria. They aren't going out and collecting the fish yet. They'll wait till I'm ready. But a large shipment from Africa, bunch of killifish that I've been trying to get for a long time. And so I have to clear these tanks out before I can do that. So to make that happen, I took the already reasonable prices at dancefish.com and I slashed them. So most of the fish there are 50% off. You can get screaming deals like Roseline Barbs, two to three inches. They're like $7.50. I, that's, that's crazy. Usually those are 15 to 20 bucks at that size. So 
Um, great deals if you're into fish and need to get something. Um, you could get some good fish at a good price and I can clear out these tanks in preparation for the next round of, of import. So just, just to let you know that's going on. Um, but yeah, 54 punchy, I think those embers would, would go great with those drape fins. And I think the dynamic would work well too. Um, the drape fins being bigger and kind of hanging out towards the bottom and middle of the tank more. And then the embers tend to hang out at the top to middle. So you'd cover the layers and the embers kind of have a different swimming pattern. Yeah, I think that would be awesome, actually. They are pretty shy and might do better with another school in the tank. What do you think? Well, yeah, if they're hanging out, um, then a dither fish could really help. That often helps. I do that with tons of fish. Water wizard. I have white cheek babies. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wonderful fish. Very interesting behavior. Um, water wizard, could you kind of... Tell me a little bit about how you got them to breed. I imagine you probably had a pipe in there or maybe a clay pot or something like that. But can you tell me a little bit about their setup? Um, also, how you take care of the babies when they're first born. Do you start them right off on baby brine shrimp or do you have to start with like microworms or infusoria or paramecium, something like that? Any information you have that you're willing to share about the breeding setup and the rearing of the fry, I would love to hear it. That would be That'd be fantastic. Michael Wilson. Hiya. Welcome. Daryl, welcome. HC Aqua. I just added the rhinogobius to my cart, but I need to send you a special permit to import it to Hawaii. Okay. Should I just check out and contact you somehow for the permit? Um, HC Aqua, if you know that that's a species you can get, that it's not going to be a problem, then go ahead and check out and um, just and send me the permit just so that no one else takes them in the meantime. Um, and yeah, so let's just go ahead and do it. And if you would put a note in the order to hold for Hawaii permit, that would be great because then I'll remember not to send them to you. <laughs> and would you let me know also how long I should wait before the permit? Does it take a day to send? Is it just something you have and you can put in the mail? Is it something that you have to go to an office for and get processed and it's going to be a week? I haven't shipped to Hawaii in a while, so I just don't remember. Um, and the rules were a little different, actually, when I was shipping there. Um, either that or the people I was shipping it to were doing it on the sly because <laughs> we never worried about permits. So rules have changed or people weren't playing by the rules. I don't know, but... But yeah, go ahead and check out um, and we'll do it. And you know what? If it does end up that it doesn't work out, no worries. We'll, I'll just put them back up for sale, make someone else happy. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Corey Boy, hey, welcome. Welcome back. And you're welcome, Corey Boy, um, for whatever I did. <laughs> you're welcome. There's, it's funny. Um, sometimes through the store and through the website, I usually deal with people on their real names. And so here it's all usernames. So I'm not always sure who's who. So <laughs> I get confused sometimes. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, HCAQA Water Wizard, that would make a great video. I agree. Breeding Rhinogobius would be an awesome video. There's a couple of them out there, but I'd love to see how you do it. I second that motion. Oh, good point. I'll check our allowed list before I check out. Okay, cool. Yeah, just make sure they're allowed. And then if they are, let's do it. Yep. 
I can email it to you. Perfect. Bruce Jornson, I think, hopefully I said that right. Um, Bjornson or Jornson? Bjornson, right? Yeah. Thank you for doing this video. Yay, you're welcome. I had a lot of people asking for the fish room tour video. Um, been putting it off, not purposely, just got busy on other stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's a cool fish room, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud of this. I, I love being down here. It's, it's just a great place to hang out. I do a lot of work down here. Um, and anytime I want, I can turn around and look at some fish or go check a tank or whatever. It, it keeps the workday uh, interesting. Yeah. But anyway, glad you liked the video. Water wizard, small pleco cave, infusoria, vinegar eels, microworms, and daphnia. They're about an inch now. All right. Oh, I knew you meant pleco. No worries. They're about an inch now. How long did it take them to get an inch? Uh, are they a pretty slow grower? Or being kind of a temperate fish, they might grow super quick, actually, now that I think about it. Water wizard, I have only a video of the wrigglers. Might load it up. Yeah, do it. Crypto, welcome. Welcome. So, Crypto, we were just talking about your worst nightmare, which is when the water municipality flushes the pipes or there's a bunch of runoff of snow water and the pH plummets to like, you know, five or six. And then you do a water change and watch your crypts slowly turn to mush. <laughs> so, anyway, Corey Boy. No problem. My name is Kent Katz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Kent, you sent me the peacock gudgeons. I've been wanting them for about a, a year. They arrived great and the wife loves them. Yeah. Hey, Kent. Yeah, I know who you are now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Water wizard. Very slow grower. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's awesome that you did that, though, and raised them. That's one species that I've spawned in the group tank, but I, I still haven't taken out and spawn them individually and raised a batch. In fact, when I got this group, I was planning on doing that, but life gets in the way sometimes. I can only do so many projects and a lot of the projects I want to do, they're, they, they, it's like, okay, maybe next year. I just can't get to them all. But that's what I wanna breed and raise. And the peacock gudgeon's another one that I wanna breed and raise. Um, and desert gobies someday. Although the desert gobies, don't do really well in my water, but the, the other ones seem to do just fine. All right, Henga, going to start up a 75 gallon. That's awesome. That's, I, I love them. That's my, one of my favorite sizes, obviously, as you can tell. Um, going to start with rosy barbs and go from there, building a barb community. All right, cool. If they're not on your radar yet, um, Odessa barbs are fantastic. Greg Sage has just an amazing strain of them and he's got videos of them you can see just how gorgeous they are um, if you're going with rosies um, those would probably be fine they're not super aggressive I'm really liking the clown barbs although they get big they get about four inches they're, they're super active um, but anyway those Odessa barbs oh black ruby barbs those are awesome those are just fantastic and I don't think the black rubies are too aggressive. Yeah, I think they go okay with rosies. Yeah. All right. So 75-gallon barb tank. That sounds great. So for those that don't know, let me just pull this camera up and do a quick, quick thing. So this is my fish room. These are all 75-gallon tanks. 
except for some of those there. But most of these are 70, well, 75 gallon tanks. It's, it's one of my favorite size tanks. Um, I also like 120 gallon tanks a lot. The problem with them though is um, they're two feet deep, which sometimes makes it difficult to reach over and down unless you have a lot of clearance uh, at the top of the tank. But yeah, 75 gallon tank full of barbs, that sounds awesome. AKA the other Bob, <laughs> Bob Kaler, not Clater, Kaler. <laughs> Watching your fish room tour, missed my notification for the stream. Well, since you missed it because of the fish room tour video, then I suppose you're excused. You don't have to stick out your wrists and, and get the ruler action. Not today. <laughs> All right. Um, but anyway, Bob, glad you're here. Um, every interaction I've had with Bob has been fantastic. So I, I'm just glad you're here in the community, Bob. Candy, hey, welcome, Candy. I hope you're doing well. I hope everything's fine on the home front. Um, anyway, glad you could join us today. Really glad you're here. Folks saying hi to Candy. Water Wizard, I know it's time consuming. Yep, this hobby, um, this room alone could easily take up my entire life. If I did every project in here I wanted to, it could take up two entire lives. I mean, there's so much you can do. And, you know, I think that's why, I think that's why I've never lost interest in the hobby. I've been doing this for over 25 years, since I was 14 years old. And um, there's just always something else to, to learn. There's something else to try. I've never got bored, not even close. And I think it's just because of how complex things can be. I mean, every time you peel back a layer, you learn that and you expose a new layer and then you want to dig into that and you expose something else. And I'm just constantly learning. Um, and I don't know, I've learned a ton through this hobby about the world around me, about nature, about people. So I don't know, I don't think it ever gets old. There's so many projects, they can take a ton of time, but also they keep you from getting bored. I think the only time, um, if you've been doing this for a little while, I think the time when you can like get, I don't wanna call it bored, but burned out is when you just try to take on too much for too long. Um, for example, if I was doing this fish room and it wasn't automated, I would burn out because all I would be doing every spare moment I had was clean is changing water. That's all I could have time to do. So, um, yeah, you have to find ways. If you grow your hobby, you have to find ways to do it sustainably so you can avoid that. But I've noticed that there's, you know, I think that that's when people quit the hobby. A they have a horrible experience and all their fish die that can make people quit the hobby or B it's so exciting that we get so much so fast. And before we know it, we're like, Oh my gosh, this is all I do. I haven't been outside in three months, you know, and we just burn out. Not sure what started that. Um, Oh yeah. Water wizards comment. <laughs> thanks water wizards. Abu. Thanks for the awesome, healthy fish, Dan. So glad they got there. Um, I, I have to admit, I was a little nervous about the large rainbows. Rainbow fish have a reputation of being best to ship at about an inch or so in size. But I found with them, with uh, sensitive cichlids, like the paratilapia cichlids, um, and is it paratilapia? No. Um, 
like this cyprinids. No, I'm way off. I can't even remember. But the Tanganyikan cichlids that are really, uh, Nigropinus is one of the species. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's para something. Is it Parasipochromus, maybe? Anyway, um, with those large rainbows, native fish, if you pack them individually and you get the right ratio of water to oxygen, then, then I've, you can usually ship them just fine. Um, but those are the ones I was worried about. I wasn't worried about the flagfish, and they're the ones I ended up having a problem with. The only one, really, except for one lone rice fish that had an accident. But, um, man, those large Erie and red rainbows, I was a little nervous about them. So I'm, I'm glad they all made it. Looks like everything's in good shape. Um, 54 Punchy. Hi, the other Bob. <laughs> a lot of highs back and forth. All right. So... Daryl saying hi. Kingly, hey, welcome. Twin City Guppies is in the house. Welcome, Kang. Um, how are you doing today, Dan and everyone? We're doing great, Kang. So, Kang, I know you shipped fish. I'm curious. I know you do mostly guppies, but I'm having a little bit of an issue with my flagfish for some reason, which is really unexpected. Um, but I've had two shipments over the last in the last month, one this week and one a couple weeks ago that didn't do well and it's just the flag fish so i'm just curious as a guy that shipped fish if you've got any ideas about that specific to flag fish because all the other fish that are in the box with those have done fine so i'm not sure what's going on i guess another thing it could be is flag fish even though you fast them they'll eat anything so they'll eat off the plants they'll pick at the algae they'll suck up the mulm so I wonder if something that could be happening is that even though I'm not feeding them for a couple of days before I ship them, if they're just eating whatever gunk they find in the tank, and maybe that's causing a problem when they poop in the bag. Huh, I wonder if that's it. You know, something I could try is I could, the next time I ship them, I'll grab them a few days in advance and I'll put them in a spotless tank, a super clean tank, and I'll see if I ship them that way, if that works. Thanks, Kengli, you're a big help. <laughs> just talking it out with Kengli helps. Maybe that's what I'll try next time. Because I wonder if the problem is just uh, they're eating even though I'm uh, fasting them. Yeah. Anyway, Keng, or anyone else, if you have a magic secret to shipping flagfish, and specifically flagfish, that would be great. But um, I hope the guppy sales are going well. I did visit your website, TwinCityGuppies.com, I think it was. And uh, the pictures, they look gorgeous. I hope that's going well for you. All right. People are saying hi to King and to everyone else. Next Gen Aquatics. Hey, man, longtime viewer. Just want to say love what you do, and you've inspired me with many ideas. Just can't wait to get a fish room. Love yours. Oh, thanks. Glad you're here. I do that, too. I'm, I'm a longtime listener and every now and then first-time caller. <laughs> Like, I think I finally put my first comment in on one of Rachel's live streams a couple months ago. And I said, long time listener, first time caller. That was the comment. And that's the only time I've commented. Um, just because usually, as you can imagine with this massive room back here, when um, when the live streams are happening, I'm just, I'm working down here while I'm listening. But 
thanks for hanging out. Thanks for the feedback. Glad you like it. It's, it's that kind of thing that makes this fun and makes it worth it. And when you do get to building a fish room, uh, let me know. I've done it several times. I think this is my sixth fish room, give or take a bit. And, uh, I think I finally figured out how to do it mostly right, at least for what I'm looking to do. So if you have questions about specific products or how to plumb something or how to do a flow through system or any of that stuff, I'm happy to help. Uh, it's something I could geek out on hardcore. All right. Um, Next gen aquatics. I'm a huge plecophile. Do you have any breeding groups going on? So I don't have any plecos. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like plecos, but I don't have any. I haven't had any for a long time. And when I did have them, they were, you know, basically your basic bushy nose. But uh, that I've had, I've worked at pet stores and wholesalers and things that had lots of other kinds of plecos. So I'm, I'm familiar with them, but I don't have them set up. But one day the bug will bite me hard and I won't be able to help it. But the basic reason is, is to set up a fish room this size with plecos, I'd have to jack the temperature in here up really high, which A, would make it a little bit uncomfortable to work in here, and B, it would prevent me from keeping all kinds of other fish that I like to keep, and um, especially killifish that like lower temperatures. So I don't have any plecos at the moment, but I'm glad you do. Like share with us what you've got and what you're looking for, because there's people in here that have what you're looking for, I'm sure, and would be happy to trade or sell or whatever. So if you're looking for something um, or just want to nerd out on plecos a bit, that's fine. I won't consider that trolling. Go right ahead. People will jump all over that, especially Mile High or whatever he's calling himself today, Michael Trevino. <laughs> 54 Punchy. I have Farawella Fry. Not sure how many. That's cool. First clutch of eggs I left in the tank because my farewella are young and the male wasn't taking care of them. Move the second clutch, 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 <laughs> clutch into a five gallon a couple days ago. So far, I only see one baby. But, oh no, I lost this. Come on, I'm scrolling up. But when I was doing water change after removing the eggs in the main tank, I started seeing fry from the first clutch. I was excited. Yeah, of course you were. That's awesome. Hey, congratulations. That's a fish I've never raised, the farawella. Um, awesome fish, though. I'm assuming these are, are these the common farawella? Like, is it, I forget the species name, Vitatus or something like that. Um, or is it like a royal? But anyway, congrats on breeding them. That's a fish I haven't bred yet, but one day I will. Alrighty. Next gen, there's always something to do in the hobby. Yep, you could try and breed every fish and never have enough time. Yeah, that's true. Even one kind of fish, like just trying to get a hold of every species of killifish that's available and breed it. That would take you a lifetime. Or live bearers or cichlids. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it takes several lifetimes to, to fill this hobby up. That's for sure. It's funny, you know, you, you start by you walk into the pet store and you see some, uh, the first fish that really caught my eye in a pet store was a neon tetra. I remember as a little kid in the Kmart shopping center going into a store called Prospector's Pets and um, they had a they had everything they had birds and rodents and everything but they had a few you know a small section of fish but for me as a little kid that was just awesome and those neon tetras the way they glowed that blew my mind and so later on uh, when I became a teenager 
that, that impression really never left me. But, you know, you see a neon tetra, you see a guppy and you're like, oh, I want a pretty fish. So you get a tank. You're all innocent, right? You know, no one, the, the drug dealers don't warn you about the consequences. Well, neither do the fish stores. So you go, you get your guppies, you put them in. They're beautiful. It's fun. Oh, there's babies. I got to get another tank. Okay, I have two tanks. Oh man, there's more babies. Hey, I noticed this other kind of fish. I wonder, I'm going to get another tank for that one. And before you know it, your bedroom is full of tanks and you have no love life because your bedroom's full of tanks. So you have to have a fish room. I mean, <laughs> that's how this hobby gets you. <laughs> Meth dealers got nothing on fish dealers. <laughs> Take it from the fishmonger. <laughs> um, Hangar, the Odessa Barb is definitely on my radar. Have to agree, Greg's are awesome. Also thinking about the Rose Line. I like the clowns too. Too much to pick from, yeah. Rose Lines are fantastic. Um, what I like about them is they're really peaceful. They're super fast, so they'll outcompete for food like a slow species, but they, I think they do great with other barbs. Yeah, and uh, a school of them together is just fantastic. I mean, their color pattern and their body shape, they're just sleek. They're a sleek, elegant fish. Yeah. Alrighty. Could someone uh, tell me how many people are in right now? I'm just curious, and for some reason my counter isn't appearing in this new software format of the scheduled uh, <laughs> live stream. So I'd appreciate that. I'm just curious. Fish Tropic. Hey, welcome. Glad you are here. Next gen. Hey, what's up, man? Glad to see you're enjoying some fish content. Yep. I think that was the Fish Tropic. Greg Jones. Yo, first time catching your live stream. Check out your, checking out your website now. Well, welcome, Greg Jones. Glad you're here. Welcome, welcome. And uh, I've checked your stuff out. I think you're the Greg Jones. Hang on, I gotta, before I stick my foot in my mouth, I think this is one of the YouTubers I've checked out. Um, let, me, let me make sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm subscribed. Yeah, Greg um, seems to know his stuff. So if you're, if you're looking for a channel, uh, he's got some cool stuff to show you. Does some big projects which is interesting to look at. Anyway, Greg, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Michael Wilson. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Cyprochromus niggerpenis, the kind of brown fish with the, the neon blue all over it. Yes, that's the one. Um, I used to ship a lot of those because I had a friend in Los Angeles who has a big, it's called the fish house. He has two houses, one for him and his family and one for his fish bred all kinds of them and they're super hard to ship, but I never had a problem. Uh, you just package them right. Okay. I'm going to rant just a second on shipping fish. So not the same rant I usually do about our responsibility to pack. So the post office and UPS and FedEx doesn't hate us and stop fish, shipping fish. Not that, but okay. Here's what typically happens if you buy a fish from an online point of sale site. I'm not talking about Aquabid or a hobbyist or something. I'm talking about a point of sale site. And I know because I've worked at these places. So here's what happens. Um, you've, and I won't mention any names, but imagine a website you can go to and just buy the fish off and they have tons of fish. Um, 
and you go there and you buy them. And let's say you buy them a Thursday, right? And they're going to ship them to you. Great. Well, that's fine. But what happens is we've got so, I don't want to call it greedy, but we're so used to instant gratification that in order for these sites to uh, please the general public, they have the Amazon.com mentality of get it there quick. So they're set up so that if you buy a fish, they're going to ship it to you that day for next day arrival, which is great. We all like it quick, but here's what happens. They'll ship, let's say there's a tank of, I don't know, pick a fish, upside down catfish. I don't know why it just popped in my head. (laughs) Any fish, tank of upside down catfish at this place. Monday, someone comes and orders eight of them. Great. They pack them up Monday. They ship them out. Tuesday, someone comes and orders five of them. Great. They pack them up. They ship them out. Wednesday, someone orders three of them. They pack them up. They ship them out. You get the point. So every day they have an order or two for the same fish. Well, when that's happening, they cannot fast the fish. They can't uh, clear its gut before they ship it. And so the fish end up defecating in the bag and you get an ammonia spike really bad. Not only that, but often places will put lots of fish in a single bag. And I do that sometimes, but never to an extent where they're crowded. Okay, so that happens. So because of our the costs of shipping, it makes it much more economical to cram a bunch of fish in a bag. And you're trying to make the customer happy and save them on shipping because it's super expensive to ship fish. It's just ridiculous, especially overnight. So, um, so you try to cram as many as you can in. The customer wants them, you send them then. Well, that's created a situation where a lot of people have had a bad experience and occasionally someone has a bad experience with me too. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. But when someone orders a fish, we throw it in a bag, we send it out and we do the same the next day and the next day, there's no way to properly prepare those fish for shipping. There's an art to it, there's a science to it. It takes some time, it takes two to three days to properly prepare a fish so that it can be fed. And here's kind of the steps. A, their last meal is brine shrimp because that's a fibrous meal and it'll clear them out, okay? It's not gonna stick in their guts. It'll clear out their intestinal tract. So you feed them brine shrimp, you wait two days so that they clear out their gut and then you can ship them, okay? So just that alone takes a couple days. Well, point of sale sites don't do that usually. Um, unless they're small sites, hobbyist run, things like that, just because they've got to ship, got to ship, got to ship, got to get the sale, got to ship it. Right. And it's in, and that creates all kinds of problems. And then you put a bunch of fish in a bag. Well, you got a bunch of problems. And so because people have been doing this, there's lots of fish like Parasipochromus, thank you, uh, Nigropinus, that, um, they don't do well with ammonia and don't do well in those conditions. So they've got this reputation for being impossible to ship. Cyprochromus as well. And lots of other ones. Uh, Lamprichthys tanganicanus, the, the um, Lake Tanganyikan lamp eye, I guess it would be a common name. A lot of, um, anyway, a lot of fish, large rainbows. But I've always found if you prepare them properly and you bag them carefully, then you can do it. You can ship most fish successfully. And actually, the times I have problems is usually like right now, the flagfish that I'm having problems shipping. That blew me away. Those things are rock solid. You can't kill them. 
hit them with a nail, they bounce back. A hammer. <laughs> How many? <laughs> Apparently, we're going around hitting things with nails. They're tough as nails. Hit them with a hammer, they bounce back. That's what I meant to say. But, you know, it's every now and then there's a surprise like that. But, yeah, if you pack fish right and prep them right, you're, you're, you're not going to have many problems. Still, though, I'm always on pins and needles until I get the feedback from the customer saying, hey, they arrived and they're fine. Um, just because things happen unexpectedly, occasionally, a very small percentage of the time. Anyway, that's my rant. We've got to prep them right and we'll be fine. But this instant gratification mentality of, I ordered it, I want it tomorrow, and I want to order anytime I want, prevents the ability to properly prep and ship fish. Okay, off the soapbox. Christopher, checking in. Well, <laughs> you probably checked out by now because I went on that rant, but thanks for being here. <laughs> Wichita, hey Greg, Dan is a modest and honest YouTuber. Except for when I get fired up and rant, then I'm not so modest. <laughs> um, alrighty. Oh, cool. I saw something about the pupfish shipping. Uh, so flagfish or pupfish. So I'm going to look at that in a second, scrolling down to that. Um, but yes, Michael, Cyprochromus nigropinus. Thank you for reminding me of that fish that I was trying to remember the name of. Saying hi to folks. Uh, Christopher, flagfish and all other pupfish need lots of air. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Um, and they have it. I mean, I, I pack with pure oxygen or at least like 99% pure oxygen. Um, and I fill the bag, you know, at least halfway with air. Usually there's quite a bit more air than water. Um, but still, if they, if they are defecating in the bag because they eat the mulm or the grunge in the tank, even though I'm fasting them, then you get a bacteria bloom. That could deplete the oxygen supply in there. So that, that, that definitely could be contributing. HC Aqua. Oh, no, I tried to check out and it says we don't offer shipping to Hawaii. Oh, man. Um, HC, keep those in your cart. As soon as this stream is done, I will, um, I'll see if I can figure out. Oh, you know, I don't think, I think that's the platform throwing that down. Let me see if I can change that setting. If I can, I will. Let me look into it. Okay. So just keep them in your cart for now. I'll see if I can change that. And would you just send me an email or a note or something so I can contact you when it's done, when I've, when I figured it out, or if I can't, I can let you know, I can't figure it out. Cause I think that's the platform. I use Shopify. I think that's Shopify throwing down and I might not have to go. I might have to go in and change a setting if it'll even let me. So I'll check that out. Water wizard, maybe a video series about the perfect fish room setup. Yeah. So, um, I have a whole bunch of videos about building this fish room. I have a whole bunch of videos on each system. And I think there's a, there's a video on, it's called My Fish Room Tour 2.0, which goes through all the systems, the air system and the heating and the HVAC and everything. So it's, it's up there. But maybe I should do a series of videos on each aspect, like one on heating, 
one on lighting, one on, I mean, that's something to think about. Yeah. But in the meantime, if you check out Fish Room 2.0, there's a lot on there. But yeah, that could make it for an interesting uh, series of videos, Wizard. Sure. All right. Um, and Nerd Out. Always. <laughs> Next gen. No plecos. I know. <laughs> we will need to chat plecos in fish rooms. I will try and convert you to keep just one or two tanks. I breed several L numbers. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I like them. I like them. 54 punchy. I think it is a, I think it is the common every, okay. So 54 punchy uh, bred some Farawella cats and he's responding to my question about which kind. And he's saying he thinks it's the common. Everything I've read says the fry are extremely hard to raise. First batch seems to have raised themselves though. Yeah. And I, I think the reason the fry are hard to raise is because they require so much food, but maybe Maybe the reason they're doing well is if they're in a well-established tank with the parents, there's probably food in there they can just scavenge themselves. So that might be what's helping. We tend to artificially raise things though. And when we do that, the environment's often quite sterile and there are certain fish, and I can imagine Farwell as being one of them, that just don't thrive in those environments. So, although Rapashi, I bet could help with that in those situations. But cool, I'm glad you bred the Farawella cats, 54 Punchy. I think that's awesome. Christopher, enjoyed the fish room tour this afternoon. Are you selling your Juvie Wapoga Red Lasers? Yes. If so, what size are they? Right around an inch, give or take a bit. I have five males looking for females. Um, so I have two types of Wapoga Red Laser rainbows right now that are available. That's the uh, Melitania Ruber Vitata. For those who prefer the Latin, which I just butchered, I'm sure. But I have a breeding group, which is, I think, three females and the rest are males. And then I've got all the juvies. So the juvies are about an inch, give or take a bit. I mean, if they come in at 0.75 inches or one and a quarter inches, that's possible. And yeah, they're on the website. I think they're, can't remember how much they are, but they're on the website for sure. Got tons of them. So if you got a group, you could get some females out of that. Next Gen Aquatics is laughing. I'm a fish drug dealer. Don't call the cops. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 22, 23 watching. Okay, cool. So that's about average for what we do. I'm not sure where my counter went or my clock. Usually there's a timer up there too. How long we've we been going? Okay, we're good. We still, we still got some time. J.H., hey, welcome, 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 welcome from the islands. Glad you're here. J.H. Aquatics, Lumpy Dog, nope. Dan is not yet at the bottom of the chat. Keep reading. Okay, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> the, the more chat we get, the longer I go. I kind of figure if we've reached the bottom, I kind of figure that everyone, that, that the momentum's dying and it's like, okay, that this chat just kind of naturally wants to start ending. So that's kind of how I run it. I. I do have a question actually on that note. So is the way I do it kind of talking about something and then going through the chat, does that work for everyone? Or would people prefer it if I was always at the bottom of the chat responding to the latest chat? Because I've thought about that a bit. The reason I don't do that is I don't want to leave anyone out. I want to kind of scroll through and hit any question or comment and kind of talk, chat <laughs> about what people are talking about. And I worry if I just 
focus on hitting the bottom that I'll, I'll miss a lot of stuff. But is it super annoying when you put something down and I don't get to it for 15 minutes? Anyway, just want to hear people's thoughts about that. I'm still fairly new to this live stream thing. I don't know all the rules. And when I participate in a live stream, it's usually in the background while I'm working. So I'm usually not doing a whole lot with the chat. So any thoughts would be appreciated. Anyways, tea party between Greg and JH Aquatics. Fish Fam News, by the way, is brilliant. <laughs> JH, I just, I, I wish I'd thought of it. The, the first one I saw, the first time you did it, I watched that and I was like, oh, I should have done that. But it's too late. I didn't think of it in time. So congrats on that. I think that that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, there we go. Assuming that 54 Punchy is a sir. <laughs> yep. I've made that mistake. You never. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> them's fighting words all right um candy is saying okay sorry candy's just laughing at the shenanigans lots of shenanigans okay hang on oh wow there's lots more comments i'm gonna speed it up a bit um hang on i lost the stream i lost it not the stream the chat okay here we go nope lost it again hang on it keeps jumping on me just a sec just a sec okay there we are. I'm back up at next gen chewing me out for not keeping plecos. Okay. Found the tea party. I'm almost caught up. <laughs> next gen says, oh, I'll go nailing your fish. <laughs> yeah. Tropic, you're late to class. Yes. Yes, you are. Absolutely. In principle, JH will see you now. All right. JH, I love your streams. I always learn something. Oh, thank you, JH. I appreciate that. Well, I love the Fish Fam news. I think it's fantastic, like I said. Fish Tropic, JH, how do you know I was in class? <laughs> Dan is one cool smiley face with sunglasses. Why, thank you. I have, it's been my lifelong dream to be a smiley face with sunglasses, and I have now made it. <laughs> Life is complete. <laughs> um... All right. Oh, Candy, thanks. Thanks for posting the website. Dansfish.com is the website. My email is dan at dansfish.com. If anyone needs to get a hold of me, if you don't remember my email, dan at dansfish.com, you can always go to the website and contact me through the website, which is dansfish.com. All right. And I mean, you can contact me through Facebook. It'll probably take me a little longer. You can contact me through YouTube comments, but that might take me a little longer. But email... Um, I'm, I'm pretty, within a day, usually I'm back to you. Fish Tropic, seems that YouTube didn't send out notification. Thanks, HV, for letting me know. Oh, man, YouTube. I wish there was some way to directly control that, but I, I don't think I can control that on my end, so. Oh, well. 54 Punchy, I'm using Rapashi Morning Wood. Alan Rapashi comes up with the best names for stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> like, I imagine what it'd be like to just just go and spend a lunch with that guy. I, his mind must be beautiful. Um, seems like a fun guy. I'm using Rapashi morning wood in the tank. I moved the eggs to. Cool. I read that you have to keep food in front of the fry at all, all the time. Yeah, I, 
I think that's absolutely right for farewells. Again, I haven't done it, but I think that the problem is people starve them out because there's just not enough food because they're definitely a grazer. In fact, even the adults starve out frequently. This happens a lot um, to the point that if someone's buying a farewella from the fish store, if you have a fish store or anything like that, please take the time to educate them on their needs. They're a grazer. They need food in front of them all the time or they'll starve out, even the adults. And you won't know it because they have that tough armor over them. You're not going to notice that their belly's sinking. And it's just one day they'll have died and you won't have a clue why. But often, often it's because you're not getting enough food. So if the parents are like that, and I know they are from experience, um, then the babies are going to be like, that, you know, to a degree of magnitude more. So yeah, makes sense. Fish Tropic seems, oh wait, I already read that one. Here's the Fish Tropic I meant to read. You should tell people where to get ox, oxycycline, a true medication. So um, I use the oxytetracycline, if that's what you're talking about, Fish Tropic. And I just get a large, I can get a large tub of it like a few pounds at ranch supply stores. So that's what I do. And I think the last time I got it, it was probably on eBay or Amazon. I just searched for oxytetracycline. I found a water soluble powder in a large container. Now, one thing I ran into with that is it took me forever to use the container and I'd only used about a quarter of it before it, it, I wasn't confident that it was still good because it lasts forever. So I stopped buying the large, large container and now I buy the bags. You can get it pretty much any ranch supply store for livestock because it's, it's a common um, medication for, for livestock, which is great. It makes it easy to get. It's cheap. It's water soluble. It discolors your water though. Erythromycin doesn't. And it might, I don't think it's discolored my silicone, but I think it has the potential to do that. If it's like a show tank, you might want to stick with erythromycin, which is colorless. So anyway, if you're talking about oxytetracycline, that's where I get it. I think it was Amazon or probably eBay. Amazon seems to like be finicky about selling medicines, but I think it was eBay where I got the big tub. And then I just go to my local ranch supply store to get the, uh, to get it now in smaller packets so that, so it stays fresh. So I don't end up throwing it out. 27 watching. All right. I, th I think, I don't know, 30 might be a record. So 27, that's, that's good. That's good. And I wonder how it counts that because that might only be the people that are chatting. I think, I think that's probably the chat number. I don't think we actually know the true watch number. I could be wrong. But the reason I'm saying that is when I go to upload this later, there'll be like 70 to 100 that have seen it. And so I don't know how that works. I think the, the number we see might be the chat number because otherwise I can't account for the extra 50 or 70 or whatever that it says have viewed it once I go to, uh, to upload it. So yeah, not quite sure how that works, but that's good. 27, uh, that's more than usual. We usually get around 24, so three more. Yes, we'll take it. Candy, I love your streams the way you do it. Well, thanks Candy, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, I'm glad people 
at least 27 people out of the entire universe like it. That's good. I'll take it. <laughs> Next gen. Dan, got to head out. We'll watch the rest of the stream tomorrow. Again, I appreciate the time you take to do this because you could be doing water changes, but decided to share with all of us. Much love. Well, much love back to you. Thank you. Thank you. 54 streams are perfect. You probably won't be able to keep it up when your streams get really popular. Okay. What do other people think? So I was asking about how I manage the chat if people like that. Um, so, so hopefully some other people commented too. So for right now, while we're small, it seems to be working. Yeah, I noticed that Corey, um, so I've been following Corey for a long, long time. And I'm real grateful to the guy because he got me through a period where I was injured and I was basically bedridden and bored out of my skull. And it was like watching him I, I found him and I watched all his videos of building his fish room and all that. I watched every piece of content he ever put on YouTube on that channel anyway. And it, it kept me sane for a few weeks while I was recovering. Um, but because of that, I saw the evolution of his live chats from the very beginning. And yeah, it used to be like this. And then he's to the point now where he can really only handle super chats because it just got so much. So I understand it'll change as it grows. Um, but yeah, I'm glad it's working for now for you. Interested what other people think. HC Aqua, I'm getting six Rhinogobius if we can work it out. Yeah, I hope so too. I think that would be awesome. They're, they're awesome fish. Bob Kaler, really like the other Bob. I love it, Bob. That's awesome. I really like the format of the streams now. Okay. Hope growth doesn't make that have to change. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how I'll handle growth, but <laughs> I don't have that problem yet. So, and I don't think I will until I get some better lighting in here, maybe a better microphone. I mean, this thing's okay, but it's not perfect. And some kind of better backdrop because I just, I think that, I mean, I think the content's good. I think the pacing's good. I think we have good interactions, but just the, the, tech side of things is needs needs help and i'm aware of that it's it's honestly just a money and time thing right now it takes a lot to keep this up as it is and so um yeah i'm just doing what i can do for the time being but eventually i'll improve that stuff it's it's on my mind trust me all right then 54 my farewella cleaned my tank of algae with two days of getting them oh yeah the diatom algae like the it sticks to the glass. Yeah, for sure. I feed them one third of a can of green beans every night gone by morning. Yep. That's far well as, and that's why, that's why people have trouble with them. They just don't feed them enough. I mean, they like plecos in, in how they feed. In fact, catfish in general, Corey's plecos, even though I don't have any at the moment, <laughs> far well as, they need a ton of food. They just eat so much food and we and because of their armor, I feel like they often don't get enough and people just don't realize it. But yeah, I absolutely believe they eat a whole can of green beans overnight. Um, all right. Oh yeah, so 54 is saying they eat a lot. HC says mine are constantly grazing. I need to start the green bean thing. Yep, and Rapashi helps a lot too. Now that we have that tool, that's awesome. Punchy. What I have read is that the babies need constant food and they won't move to find it for the first couple of weeks. Makes sense. 
which is why they are hard to raise. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad yours are doing well. That's awesome. James Petrie, hey, welcome. Welcome, glad you're here. Probably moving four hours away. How do I make sure I don't have dead fish when I get there? I have a 55 gallon with convicts and goldfish and a 10 gallon with a betta. Okay, so James, lots of people have opinions about this. Some people say just drain the water down to a couple inches, cover the top and ship them in the tank, things like that. I've found, I've moved a lot, by the way, and I've moved fish a lot. So I've had to move my fish room several times. So I'm familiar with doing this. And the only way I've really found to make it work with real consistency is I just package the fish as if I'm going to mail them. So I, I package the fish really carefully in bags and ship them to myself in the car that I drive to the new place. That's the best way I've found, the most consistent way to do it. And if you don't have a ton of fish, then that won't be too big of a pain to do that. So that would be my recommendation. But barring that, you could drain the water to a couple inches and then move the tank, cover the lid with saran wrap or something to seal it. I don't think that's ideal because water sloshes a lot in a tank when you're in a car. And uh, you wouldn't want to leave any decorations or anything in there that can slosh around and break the glass or hurt the fish. So that's an option I've heard of, but I wouldn't recommend that. Next to bagging them up, I think the next best thing would be to go get some buckets with lids and and treat it as if you're shipping them in the buckets. So put clean, dechlorinated, aged, aerated water in there, put the fish in there and, um, you know, a few inches of water and mostly oxygen and do it that way. And if you're only going four hours, if you can keep the temperature uh, to a reasonable level, you'll probably just be just fine doing that. So order of recommendations is bag them up as if you're shipping them to yourself. B, find a five gallon bucket or something, put a couple inches of water in that, however much you need to kind of cover the fish and have a, have a little more. So I don't know if your fish is three inches, maybe have four or five inches of water in it, in a, in a bucket, hopefully with a lid. <laughs> and then the last is just drain the level of the water in the aquarium down, but that's not one I really would recommend. Those are my thoughts. Anyone in here that's moved fish uh, tanks recently, if you have any other ideas, please chime in so we can help James out. Um, fish Tropic, right on. Cool. I'm sure I said something great. I don't remember what it is, but I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Christopher ordered the Juvie Wapogas. Cool. Please pick out the least colorful ones you have, hoping for girls. Cool. Um, Chris, would you put that in the note of your order? Or if you already closed that out, I think you can still send me a note through the website, even if you've completed the order. If not, would you mind just sending me a message through the website? And I'll do that because some of them are starting to get a little bit of red on them. So what I'll try to do is find the biggest ones I have that have no color. Uh, that's what I'll do for you. No guarantees that they're going to be female by any means, but I'll do my best. Yep. Cool. Um, but, but, but uh, where are we? Okay, cool. 
Wichita, 70, uh, 20, 72 people. I went, I, I switched them in my head. I went dyslexic for a while. 27 people on your 27th live stream. Yeah, there you go. So that's what I need to do. I just need to do, like if I do 100 live streams, I'll have 100 people. I see how it works. No one explained this before, but we've cracked the mystery. <laughs> Fish Tropic, Dan, just do your thing. Okay, cool. So people seem to be liking the format we have. VStag, hit the like button. VStag is a wise, sage person, and we should all do as he directs. <laughs> HC Aqua, if you ever get too big, shut it down and start a new channel. Your interaction is perfect at this level. Cool. I'll find some way. Um, if it ever got big, I could start a new channel or I could start, I could figure out a way, I think, to keep it. Because, yeah, you want the interaction, right? I mean, that's what I enjoy. JH. Saying hi to VStag. Okay, cool. <laughs> Viola did thumbs up. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Fish Tropic. Start growing your own veggies to save money on food costs is a good idea. Yeah, one zucchini plant could feed like a nation. <laughs> Just plant a zucchini plant. And if it's in a sunny spot that's warm and you keep it well watered, in my experience, you're going to have zucchini like coming out of your ears. In fact, around here, there's zucchini wars. I don't know if other people get this, but people have so much zucchini that they'll just like get a big bag of it and leave it on their neighbor's porch <laughs> just to get rid of it. Just take the zucchini, please take it. Yeah. Um, Fish Tropic, what are your thoughts on water changes? How much should you really change out? So, okay, there's different schools of thought on this. My basic take on it is is much of a water change as you can do with consistency is what's important. So ideally, if you could do a 50% water change a day, that would be fantastic. But if you don't do a water change for two months and then you do a 50% water change, you might have some issues because everything gets thrown so out of whack. It's not used to that. So it's about creating a stable system. That's important. And let's talk about where these fish come from. So if a fish comes from a river or a stream, it's getting a constant water change just from the flowing water that's coming from rain runoff, constantly water change all the time. If a fish comes from a lake, it's in a massive volume of water. So it's very likely that that water is very clean. Same with ponds. So basically the amount of biological mass per cubic foot of water in nature is very low. In the aquariums, we pack a lot of fish in a tank. So fish in nature are generally, and there's exceptions, um, there's live bears that live in filth, there's killifish that live in toxic environments, there's all kinds of exceptions. But in general, fish come from areas where the water is pretty darn clean at least when it comes to ammonia and nitrite and nitrate as well, honestly. So we want to replicate that in our aquariums, especially if the fish comes from a stream or a river, any kind of flowing water or large lake where the water's pristine. So in my opinion, we serve the fish by doing large frequent water changes. Before I um, 
had this fish room, which does, I finally dialed it in to a 30%, 33%. So a third of each tank is changed every day. Okay. So 33% water change every day, at least in the 75 gallons, the five and a half gallon tanks where I'm trying to raise fry and breed the fish. Those get, I think, I think there's, I'd have to look, but it's five or six water changes a day. Cause I want to keep that really clean. Okay. So anyway, before I had this room, I had to manually change water and I did 50% water changes every day. Now, earlier in my hobby, I did less. So there are times when I would do a 25 to 30% water change once a week. And that worked fine. The difference is back then I had less fish in each tank and I was happy breeding the fish and just raising a few at a time. Later, I got more serious about breeding and I wanted to raise tons of babies at a time, large spawns. And in order to get the fish in condition to keep doing that, I had to keep the water really clean so I could feed them a ton. And the same with the fry to grow them out. So if you're trying to get production um, or you want to keep a lot of fish in a tank, then you're going to have to do more changes. So it really depends. But in my opinion, if you can change the water every day consistently, it can't hurt. Um, now, the average person is going to want a water change once a week, maybe even once every two weeks. You can do that. It's just about stocking and feeding and things. So there's no hard and fast rules. But my general thought is change as much water as you can consistently, um, up to 50% a day I've done without any problems. And as long as it's consistent, I get great growth rates and the fish are just super happy and dazzling because they're in a really clean environment. Now, if you have a large tank and it's planted and you only change, you know, 30% of the water a day and you just don't feed too much, you can get great results that way too. So the way I do it is different than most people because I'm going for production. I'm trying to keep a lot of fish in a tank and I want them to absolutely thrive even if there's a lot of fish in the tank. So that's my answer. I know it's, man, I wound about that one, didn't I? But yeah, that's how I, that's how I do that. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> you asked for thoughts. You got thoughts. <laughs> James, thank you for your help. Probably going to do the bucket method. Too many fish to bag at this point. Well, yeah, that works. Wichita, five bucks. Hey, thank you. Wichita Falls gave me five bucks. Well, you didn't have to do that. You already gave me free fish. Um, by the way, I should shout out to Wichita. Thanks for the super chat, but thank you also because Mike sent me a free pair of killifish that I love. They're Aphiosemian striatum. Uh, just a beautiful, hardy, prolific, great killifish. In fact, if you're going to start with killifish, that's a good species. Gardneri are a good species, but striatum are, are just fine for a beginner's killifish. They have everything you want, good temperament, good color and they're prolific and hardy. So Mike sent those to me. He didn't charge me and he, he didn't even let me pay him shipping. I offered and he was nice enough to just send them to me. So no need to super chat at all, but thank you for doing so because every bit helps and more, more than the money, as much as the money is just nice to have the feedback that people are enjoying this. So thanks Wichita. Um, Wichita says, time for me to start my water changes before it gets too late. Everyone have a good night. Dan, keep up the great live streams. 
Thanks so much, Wichita. So, by the way, I'm doing an unboxing video of Wichita's fish, um, and that, that should be out by the end of the week. So keep an eye out for that. They came in great, by the way, Mike, as you know, because I told you earlier, but they came in in great shape. Okay, so we're almost to the bottom of the chat here. I just rambled about water changes. James is going to do the bucket method. Yeah, I think that'll work for you. Just make sure the lid's on tight because those can slosh out pretty, they can get pretty sloshy on you. Um, fish Tropic. Also, what are the thoughts on doing huge water changes on fish that could be at danger from such drastic water changes? Have you ever encountered death from huge water changes type of fish? Okay, so, so Fish Tropic, in my experience, fish aren't in danger of large water changes if they're done consistently. The trouble is when we go a long time, the tank gets really dirty, then we do a large water change because that shocks the system. Another time it can be a problem is if you haven't properly prepared the water that you're doing the water change with. So what you need to do, okay, I don't want to tell anyone what they should do. That's That sounded <laughs> dictatorial, which you will do, peasants. No, not that. But in my experience, what is best to do, let's phrase it like that is get the water, put it in a container a day in advance, make sure it's mixed up, have a water pump in there or an air stone, something to keep it churning. That helps it gas off. And you might also, depending on your water and things, you might also need to put some Seachem safe in there or prime or something to neutralize chlorine or chloramines or heavy metals or whatever you've got. But if you've aged it for 24 hours and aerated it and, you know, had it moving and stuff, had it alive <laughs> for 24 hours and it's the right temperature, then you should be able to do a large water change in your tank as long as you're doing it consistently. So the problem comes, like I said, when you shock the system, either because you don't change large amounts frequently or you're not properly preparing your water for the water change. So as long as those things aren't happening, in my experience, you're fine. And, you know, look at discus keepers. A lot of them will change 75, 90% of their water once to twice a day. That's crazy, right? Well, no, because they age the water properly so it doesn't shock the fish. And they do it consistently so that the fish uh, get used to that. So it's not a problem for them. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. So the only times I've had problems with that is when I violated one of those two things. I wasn't consistent or I didn't properly prep the water that I was going to add to the aquarium. Okay. Um, if you have any specific follow-ups, let me know on any of those points. I'd be happy to uh, clarify anything. But, but that's my experience. So that's my thoughts on that. And I know it's not, I know it's not, what we usually hear about. I know it's probably even not practical for most people to do large water changes consistently, and that's fine. It just means you won't be able to stock as many fish in the tank. You might not be able to breed as many fry, and you might not uh, get as high a growth rate. But there's amazing tanks that are changed once a week, or even twice a week, depending on the size and the stocking level and all that. Each tank's its own system, right? But anyway, I guess I'm qualifying that because I feel a little exposed with that honest answer to your question, but that's been my experience. 
and hopefully the internet won't throw down the hammer too hard on me for saying that. Um, HC Aqua, I did a huge water change on my Shelly's and had no problems. Even the fry were fine. Yeah, yeah. Although Shelly's are pretty tough fish, so yeah. Um, fish Tropic, go Dan, I love your thoughts. All right, cool, yep. Fish Tropic, the witch is awesome. Yes, the witch is awesome. And it's been awesome for a long time. Wichita Falls is one of those that's been, you know, since the beginning has been here at these live streams. And I'm grateful to him and everyone else that comes and especially those that kind of helped me start off. I just, it means the world to me. Thank you. Um, oh, another, I'll get to your question in just a second, Fish Tropic. I just saw another uh, super chat Woo-hoo! from Christopher. So $5, thank you. Incentive for extra effort of picking out girly looking opogas. All right, there you go. <laughs> and as I always say, super chats are never necessary, but they're always appreciated. So thank you, thank you to Wichita and to Christopher. All right, so back to Fish Tropics uh, question. Hey Dan, so have you ever lost a fish from water changes? Uh, not unless I violated the two rules. If I did it consistently, I'm fine as long as I prep the water properly. So, yep. Fish Tropic. Tell him, Dan. Yep, I did. <laughs> oh, are we at the bottom of the chat? We is. Weez is at the bottom. Okay, so Fish Tropic gets some Revive, guys. All right. Great product. Cool. I've never used Revive, but good to know it's working for you. Dan, you have an Instagram? No, not really. I mean, I created the account, but I don't think I've ever posted anything to it. And it's in the back of my mind, but I don't want to try doing so many things that I don't do any of them well, I guess. So I'm afraid that if I, right now I have YouTube and just keeping this fish room up and that's taking most of my time. I have a little activity on Facebook and I want to do a little more on Facebook. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed at how much I've neglected it, but it's just cause I'm busy. So I'm committed to the YouTube thing. I do Facebook as I can. I want to do more. And I should be able to do Instagram too. I just haven't yet. So I have an Instagram, but I'm just trying to make sure that I do something well and then expand to the next thing, do that well, and then expand to the next thing. So Instagram's a little ways down the list, but um, but I'll get there. Yeah. Fish Tropic, just chatting, sir. Don't take it as trolling. Oh, no. No, you're, you're fine. Are you kidding? It's all fish-related stuff you're talking about. No no problem at all. Candy overalls. Thanks, Dan. Have a great night. You too, Candy. Glad you were here. All right. So this is the time. We've reached the bottom of the chat. Oh, wow. We've gone almost an hour and a half. So it's about time to close this out. So if you have anything you want to ask or any comment that you're dying to get out, now is the time because in a couple minutes... I'll be shutting this down. I do not know if Jeff Rose Fish Keeping is live tonight. Um, but for those that have a hankering for more fishy live stream talk, Jeff Rose Fish Keeping often does a live stream on Wednesday nights. So you might head there and see if he's alive. So anyway, let's see if anyone had anything that they had to say to shut us down. Bob Kaler, enjoyed the stream. Thanks, Dan. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Glad you liked it. Um, Instagram is great for pictures and short vids. Yep. Yep. 
What's your Addy on the gram? I don't even know. I have to look it up, honestly. I think it's like Dan's Fishes, because Dan's Fish was taken. I think it's Dan's Fishes, but I'd have to look it up. Like I created it and then never used it, so I'd forgotten. 54 Punchy, I usually work on Wednesday nights. Wanted you to know that the 10 drape fins I got from you have turned into 10 adults and well over 30 fry. Yes, that is fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that. Aren't they awesome? Like, okay, we're going to shut down soon, I promise. But if you have not seen drape fin barbs in person that are thriving, you're missing out. You see the pictures, they usually don't look good because they can't catch the fish in the right flare position. If you go to pet stores, they usually don't look good because they're not happy. So they're their fin isn't displayed. They're just kind of sitting in the corner, all nervous. But I promise you, if you get a drape fin barb, Orichthys crenichoides is the species I'm talking about, and you get them in a tank where they're happy, those males are going to shimmy and dance and display their, their dorsal fin, which is massive and beautiful. It's, it's an amazing sight. And you're going to they're going to blow your mind. So don't judge the drape fin barb by the pictures or even most videos or by what you see in the stores. Try them yourself, get them set up. And if they're happy, they're going to be your new favorite barb. I mean, they're mine. I, I don't know if they'll be yours, but they're amazing. They're a hidden gem that I think they're not as popular just because it's not until they get in a tank and they settle and they're happy that they start doing that. But once they do, oh man, they're hours of fun. Yeah. So I'm so glad 54 that you bred those. That's, that's fantastic. Bob. Oh, Jeff Rose is on. Okay. So we're going to shut it down so we can head over to Jeff Rose. Um, last two comments and then we're shutting it down. 54 and the six rice fish turned into adults plus 25 fry. Drake friends are totally mind bloating blowing when they display. Yes, they are. Well, I'm glad they're all doing well for you. Um, I love breeding fish too. It's just super fun. Anyway, let's head over to 50 to 54 punchy <laughs> to Jeff Rose fish keeping. He's doing a live stream. Uh, if, if you got the time, uh, let's go support him and HC cool. I'm adding drape fins then too. Yeah. Do it while you can. They, I, I can't say enough about them. My favorite bar bar none. Uh-huh. Anyway, Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful night, and I'll see you next Wednesday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Until then, have a wonderful day, morning, night, wherever you are.